Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. So today, the title of the message is God's Great Goodness. God's Great Goodness, okay? God's Great Goodness. And uh, really, the ultimate point of today is for you to understand that God's goodness, it's available, and it's available for you. It's available for me. It's available for us. And uh, I think it's going to be a game changer for us today. Would you hold up your Bible today if you have a hard paper copy of it or your electronic, whatever you have, let's hold it up and we're going to say this together today. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. So I open my heart today to hear and receive the word of the Lord. And as we look into this today, I encourage you, don't just listen with your physical ears and and don't try and catch what I'm saying. Catch what the Lord might be saying to you today. So, Lord, we say our hearts are open to you today. Holy Spirit, come and teach us. Help us to grab what you are wanting us to catch today. And we give you praise and thanks for your word. Lord, we count it a great privilege and a joy that we can open your word together to understand what you're speaking. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Okay, so God's great goodness today. God's great goodness. Open up with me to two places, two places today. Psalm chapter 31, verse 19. Psalm 31, verse 19. And then also Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Psalm 31, verse 19. And Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Okay, two places today. It's going to kick us off on God's goodness and what that means. Psalm 31, verse 19. It says this, 31, 19. Oh, how great is your goodness. We could just stop and camp on that. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of man. And then Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says this, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, his goodness, his forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. God's goodness, God's goodness, it's been laid up, it's been prepared, and God's goodness leads us to repentance. His forbearance, his, he holds up with us, he suffers, right? He's been patient with us. He's patient with me. I know that. And so as we get into talking about the goodness of God, there's a couple things I want to start with that, uh, that God's goodness is not just something that we can work for. Like if I work a little harder, I might get it. So God's goodness is not a result of our own ability to save ourselves, okay? So we we have a few things that we have to understand before we can receive the goodness of God, that God's goodness is not a result of our own ability to save ourselves. God's goodness to us, or is being available to us, is not uh, not because of how good we are, 
Oh, I'm really good. I got this. I'm really good. Man, you know how good I am? I got this. God's goodness is not a, re- a direct result like a payment for when you work for something and then you get paid, right? Anybody work a job? You have a job that you work or a business that you have? You do that and what do you get in return? Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you're, you're getting some kind of money, right? You're getting some kind of compensation for the work that you've done, not just a high five like, wow, you did really good this week and you're like... Pay me the money that I'm supposed to be paid, right? God's goodness to us is not because I worked really hard to win his approval. It's not being saved by works, right? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9 tell us this, for by grace you have been saved through faith. For, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, and it's not of works, lest anyone should boast, right? So God saves us, God provides his goodness to us. He wants to shower it on us. But we have to understand that I don't work harder to just get it. It's not, hey, if I just put in more time, if I put in more effort. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you just thought, okay, well, well, I'm I'm just going to have to work harder. I'm going to have to work harder. I'm going to have to work longer. I've uh, experienced that in, in, a, in a career where I worked at a place where it didn't seem to matter how much you worked, how long you worked, how hard you worked, how much you gave it, it just never ended. And it was never enough. It was always, well, why did you miss that? And you go, gosh, you know, I just, I worked so hard on everything else. And you point out that I missed this, you know, and, and sometimes I believe we treat God that way. That we get in this mindset of, well, I'm just working harder and harder and harder, and if I work harder, that God will take care of me. But no, it's not our works. Why? Because if it was our works, then we'd be able to boast about it, right? I'd be able to put a little slap on my back and go, man, I, whew, I knocked it out of the park this week, right? And we can do that, right? We can go, hey, I can feel good about how hard I worked, and it was a good result. But with God, our works are not what save us. It's not what save us. James chapter 1, verses 16 through 18 say this. Do not be deceived. What does that mean? Don't be fooled. Don't think something other than this. Do not be deceived, my brethren, my beloved brethren. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no shadow of turning. There's no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought forth He brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, right? Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. There's no shadow, no variation turning, meaning it's not like, hey, today I'm on God's good side and tomorrow, you know, I did something bad and so I'm on his bad side. No, his goodness is available. Now our works or our how we live and how we treat other people, they should be a reflection of what he's already done in our life right? So he saves us, and then we should turn around and go, because of that, this is how I live because of what he's done for me. But his every good and perfect gift comes from him. So once again, uh, uh, Psalm chapter 31, verse 19, oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you, in the presence of the sons of men. Would you read that out loud with me today? Can we do that together? Out loud and loudly, okay? Ready on the count of three. One, two, three. 
Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. And then Romans chapter 2, verse 4, would you read that with me as well? Let's do it together on the count of three. One, two, three. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Okay? So God's goodness, it's available. He's laid it up. He's prepared it. It's ready to go. And his goodness, as we latch on to his goodness, it also helps turn us back to him and helps us go, hey, I'm so thankful for what he's done. I'm grateful for it. Also, you may be very familiar with this, but in Psalm chapter 23, verse 6, uh, David said uh, that what? Your goodness and your mercy, they'll follow me all the days of my life. I love how it says in the Good News translation, I know that your goodness and love will be with me all of my life, and your house will be my house as long as I live. I know that your goodness and your love will be with me all of my life, your goodness and your mercy. That's what follows us. Why? Because he's a good shepherd. He loves us. He cares for us. And because of that, his goodness, it really like chases after you. Like, did you know that? Like, he's chasing after you with his goodness. You're like, Lord, I, you've given me so much. And he's going, I have more for you. I've got more for you. You don't even know how much I have for you. You don't even see how much I have for you. My goodness is for you. So today, as we go through this, I have uh, five things that I want to uh, walk through. And uh, it's this, that God's great goodness, and we're going to take the word great, and we're going to, have you ever heard of an acrostic, right? It's a word, and... Each letter has uh, another phrase or word off of it. Okay, I'm going to do that. To, it just helps me to catch, like, how great is God's goodness, okay? How great is God's goodness? So number one, from the word great, the letter G, number one, grand. God's goodness is grand. God's goodness is grand. Two, his greatness, or God's goodness is our rewarding Number three, that E, that it's exceeding. Number four, that his goodness is A, it's available. And T, that God good, God's goodness is transferable, okay? It's transferable, okay? So this is what we're going to walk through today, all right? God's great goodness. Okay, so let's start with number one. Number one, God's great goodness. His goodness is grand. His goodness is grand. And I want you to think this, Wow. That's impressive, okay? So just keep that in your mind as we're talking about how, how God's goodness is grand. That's impressive. And, and you can think a, a picture of like a large mansion. Have you ever toured a, like an old historic mansion? Or if you go downtown here in Memphis to the Peabody Hotel, it's really cool to walk around and go, wow, this is just, how did they make that and how did they do this? And on the second floor, they have what they call their grand ballroom, right? It's this big open space and beautiful artwork. But we also have natural wonders in our world. Uh, a little place we like to call the Grand Canyon. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've been there twice in my life, once as a kid. We had to beg and steal and borrow 
from my dad to stop at the Grand Canyon because we were leaving California and visiting family and we were driving back home to Minnesota. And my dad, to this day, and he will tell you, and if he's watching, he'll, he'll hear this, but when he gets on the road, he likes to do what he calls, let's motor. Like my dad's like, let's go. So as a kid, when we stopped to get gas, it meant you went to the bathroom regardless if you had to go to the bathroom because we're not stopping again for the, till the next stop, so you better get on it, right? But we, we were like, Dad, we're never, we've never seen it, so we got to stop and see it. Now, a number of years ago, we were driving out to California. We got to take our three older kids to the Grand Canyon, and man, both times that I've seen it, I just go, wow, that's, that's just amazing. That's impressive to see how expansive it is and all the colors and the texture and the drops, and you go, what is that little thread down there? And you find out, oh, by the way, that's the river. And you go, it's this massive river, but when you're up miles and miles away from it, it looks like this teeny little thread. But wow, that's impressive. God's goodness is like those, but even on a bigger scale, on a bigger scale. Again, Psalm 31, verse 19, it starts with, oh, how great is your goodness. I don't know about you, but when I read that, in my mind, I, I almost hear the psalmist, whoever wrote it, just going, oh, how great is your goodness. And I just go, oh, that speaks to me. It speaks to my heart. It speaks of how great, how grand. Uh, in the book of 1 Kings chapter 10, there's a little story of uh, uh, the queen of Sheba coming to see uh, King Solomon and to see the kingdom and she's heard about it but it says this in 1 Kings chapter 10 verses 4 and 5 it says and when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon the house that he had built the food on his table the seating of his servants the service of his waiters and their apparel his cupbearers and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord and it says this there was no more spirit in her she was just so blown away by every aspect of it that she was like, wow, that's amazing. And I believe it's just a very small picture of God's great goodness to us. It's grand. It's amazing. Uh, his goodness, it's massive. It's large scale. It's grand. It's just like, wow, I can't even comprehend it sometimes. It says this in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. It says this, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I just go, oh, something in me just like wants to burst forth of how great and how wide and how deep and how high and just when I think I've got him figured out, he surprises me. He goes, oh, let me open another door to show you just a little bit more of what I have for you. So God's great goodness, it is grand. And I want you to know wherever you're, you're listening here online or later on that God's goodness, it's grand. It just goes, you just go, you can never get to the end of it. It just continues to go on and on and on. All right, number two, God's great goodness, it's rewarding. God's 
great goodness, it is rewarding, okay? And I want you to think, God's not cheap. God's not cheap. He's not a cheapskate, right? That phrase, cheapskate, what does that mean? It's like somebody that's like, uh, no, that's okay. We're not going to go to the sit-down restaurant. We're going to go through this drive through over here because it costs a lot of money. Now, it's one thing if you didn't have the money to go sit there, but it's another thing when the, when the person has the money in their pocket and they're like, nah, that's okay. Let's go over here. I don't know about you, but I'm like, I want to go to that restaurant over there. I want to sit down. I want somebody to serve me. Not that I need to be served, but it's just like, man, I want to enjoy it. God's great goodness is rewarding. He's not cheap. He's not cheap. He's not trying to go, hey, you're going to, you know, do these things for the kingdom and you're going to love me and you're going to grow in me and yet I'm only going to give you a little cheap version of what I could give you. No, God's not cheap. All right? And in Psalm 31, 19, right, it says, you've laid up for those who fear you. Okay, so his goodness, it's been laid up. It's been laid up. What does that mean? It's, it's been set aside. It's like I went to the grocery store and I, brought, and I bought all the groceries that I need, okay? And they're sitting at home in the refrigerator on the counter. They're ready to go in terms of they're there, okay? So God's goodness is laid up like it's set aside. It's already, it's there for you. It's not like God has to go hey, I got to run to the store, I got to get something. No, he's already laid it up for you, right? He's, he's, he doesn't have to do that. He's already got it laid up. But also it says, you have prepared for those who trust in you. So not only is God's goodness, has it been set aside, it's laid up, but it's also prepared, meaning it's ready to go. It's like, here it is, boom, right? It's like coming in to church today. What was ready? Donuts were ready. Coffee was ready. We had things kind of set out and ready to go. Why? Because we want you to know, hey, we have it prepared for you. It wasn't like somebody walked in and we were like, oh, we forgot those things. Oh, hold on a little bit. Can you go back out in your car? And now let, we're going to give us five minutes, right? I don't know about you. If you've ever been into a restaurant, I, there's been a couple times where you walk in and you go, what, are you ready for me? Like, they look around and they're like, oh, I got to go find a table. And you're like, shouldn't you know what tables are available? Right? Has that ever happened to you? And you're like, no, but he's laid it up. He's prepared. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, right? We got to know who he is. We got to believe it. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God's goodness, it, it rewards to his people. And again, it's not like we saved ourselves by work and salvation, but our works come as a result of being saved and his goodness and his love. And we go, I want to do whatever I can for you, God, because of what you did for me. And his goodness is rewarding. Uh, with, when I think of rewarding, I can also think of the word like satisfying, like, ah, oh, Man, that is so sad. Have you ever been working with somebody and you see the fruit of your labor? Whatever it is. It could be, hey, they learned this new trick in soccer. Or they learned how to uh, climb the stairs. I mean, there could be so many different things. Right? A little baby and they're going to that next level. And, and you go, oh, that is so cool. They learned it. They got it. 
And God's goodness to us is rewarding. It is like that. It's also like a completion of things, a completion of things, right? You go and work, and you expect that I'm going to get paid, right? Right? Why? Because you have some kind of an agreement. You have some kind of agreement with that employer that I work for you. I show up from this time to that time. I'm going to do this, right? In the, in the Old West, right, sometimes you see in movies, they would put out what, what is called a reward, right? Somebody uh, did something they're not supposed to do. And what do they do? They go, I'm going to offer a reward. Even today, right? That things happen and they go, I'm going to offer a reward. What are you doing? You're going, I'm looking for somebody that knows some kind of information that has something ready. And because they provide that to me, I want to give them a reward. And uh, with God, his goodness to us, he's not cheap, but he wants to give to us, right? Uh, A phrase that we may be well familiar with is this, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. It's found in Matthew chapter 25 and where Jesus is uh, telling a story and he's talking about uh, the talents that are handed out and talents are given and then the, the master leaves and then comes back later. And the servants, those that were entrusted with something, come and they start to bring back to the master and say, this is what I did. And in verse 14... It says this, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. Now, a plug for this series that we just finished with Pastor David was leading us through, Why Am I Here? Uh, He talked one of the days about start using what you've been given. Start using what you've been given. But I love uh, this, how it says a little bit later that he gives it to him and then he goes off and in verse 21, he is now back and, and the servants come and in verse 21 it says, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant, you were faithful over a few things, I will make you rule over many things, enter into the joy of the Lord. So God's goodness, there's reward that comes with it. As we love the Lord, as we serve him, as we go, hey, Lord, what are you saying to me, what you want me to do? I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And his goodness wants to reward you. It wants to fulfill. It wants to bring to completion those things that you're going after or that he's spoken, that he's promised to you. He wants to bring it and satisfy your soul. That's what God's goodness wants to do to us. Well done, good and faithful servant. So God's goodness, it's not only grand, but it's rewarding. He brings reward with it. Number three, God's goodness is E. It is exceeding. It is exceeding. And what I want you to think is this. It exceeded my expectations. It exceeded my expectations. Again, I don't know if you've been somewhere sometime. And you were going and you had this thought or idea of what it was going to be like. And you get to it or go through the experience and you get done and you go, wow, that just, it exceeded my expectations. Like, I wasn't expecting that. Right? Has anybody, has that happened to you? Hopefully it's a good thing. (laughs) Hopefully it wasn't, it exceeded your bad expectations, right? No, it exceeded your good expectations. So God's great goodness, it is exceeding. And again, think exceeded my expectations, right? 
in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, what does it say? The riches of his goodness, his forbearance and long suffering. Oh, his riches. His riches. Man, it exceeds anything that I could expect. Again, that story in 1 Kings 10, uh, where the queen of Sheba comes to uh, Solomon. And in verse 6, it says this, Then she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity, it exceeded the fame of which I had heard. Happy are your men and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. What? It blew her mind. It exceeded her expectations. She had heard of all that he had of the kingdom and his wisdom and this and that. And she's like, okay, that's good and everything. And then what happens? She gets there and she goes like, mind blown. Mind blown, right? The same is true with our God, that his goodness will exceed your expectations. It will blow your mind. So many times... That has happened even for me, I know. That I had this thought, I had this idea of how it was going to go, what was going to happen. And you go through it and God just, he unloads his goodness on you. And I'm not just talking like material goods, right? Sometimes that is a result of his goodness. But sometimes it's like this joy and excitement, this this feeling of satisfying uh, of what he's done and what he said he would do. And it just exceeds my expectations, right? We know this scripture. Many of us may know this. But in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or even think, according to the power that works in us. So what is it? It's his power. It's working in us. And what does it say? That it will do exceedingly, right? It'll blow your mind above what you can ask, what, right? Things that we can think of. And then we start asking, Lord, hey, Lord, I need your help with this. I'm, I'm facing this situation. And so what do we, we ask? But what does it do? It goes beyond what we can even ask, what we can even think, what we can even imagine, That's how good his goodness is. That's how great his goodness is. And his goodness will, what does it do? It runs after me. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, right? That's what it does. So his goodness, it's grand. It's rewarding. It's exceeding. Man, it just exceeded my expectations. His love, his goodness went above and beyond all that I could even imagine. Number four. God's great goodness, the, the, the letter A in great, it's available. God's goodness is available, and I, I want to make sure that we walk through this and understand because there's a lot of people that think, well, that's not for me. A lot of people that have this idea of, well, that's good for them, but is it for me? I've, I've done too many things. I've messed up too many times, I've gone through too many situations, and I served what I wanted, and I did what I wanted, and this was what I got, but, oh, God's 
great goodness is available, okay? It's available, and I want us to think it's ready access. Ready access, okay? It's available. It's ready access. His goodness is readily available. Again, it's not that picture of like, oh, hold on, I got to run to the store to get those things. Oh, I didn't know you were coming, right? That's why we often ask, how many people are coming, (laughs) right? How many people are coming? If we have people coming to stay at our house, like I know we have, (laughs) right? We we had this situation uh, last year in the fall where we got to go down to the beach uh, in Alabama with my whole family. And when I say my whole family, I mean my sisters and their spouses, my parents. So we had, I don't know, 20 of us there? 20. 20 of us go down to the beach. We're staying together. Uh, But ahead of time, they said, oh, we'll just stay in a hotel when we get to Memphis because they were going to drive here first, and then we kind of all caravan down to the beach. Okay, great. We're going to stay in a, in a hotel. So we're thinking, perfect, because we're like, we got to get our house. It's got to be prepared. It's got to be ready. Good. We don't have to think about that. And I want to say, like, two weeks before I hear, oh, yeah, by the way, mom and dad said we could stay at your house. <laughs> and you go, it re- it's not a problem for them to stay, but you want to know, well, who's coming, right? Because you want to go, okay, clean up the everyday life, right? Because the everyday life is messy. There's stuff everywhere. By the way, we've got kids and you've got life and you're just like trying to figure it out. Anyways, all right? So you're like, but you want to be prepared. Or people coming over for a meal. You want to go, well, how many people? When you go to a restaurant, they say, how many people? Why? Because they don't want to seat you at a seat or a table for two and you had 15, Right? Right? They, they got to know. We got to put a couple tables together. We got to figure this out, right? They have to know. It's available. So we want to think about God's goodness that it is ready access. It's available. It's available to you. It's available to me. It's available to everyone, even people that don't know him. It's available to them. All they have to do is what? Call on the name of the Lord. And what do they do? Boom. Access to God's goodness. Because he wants to pour out his goodness on them as well. So in Psalm 81, verses 10 and 11, it says this. In Psalm 81, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And then he says this to them. Open your mouth wide that I, and I will fill it. Have you ever been to the the dentist? What do they do? They're like, okay, open your mouth. And then after a while, you feel like, they're like, no, you need to open it again. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize what. Because after a while, your muscles get tired and tired and tired. And they're like, get it back open again. Or sometimes they put the little devices, right, Erica? I know Erica. She's in this line of work. Okay, and Erica. Okay, right? You know this, right? Sometimes they put this little device in your mouth to, what, keep your mouth open. Why? The Lord's like, open your mouth wide. Keep it open. Because I have goodness I want to pour out into you. And through you, but he goes on in verse 11, and he says this, but my people would not heed my voice. They wouldn't heed my voice. Israel would have none of me. What does that tell us? It was available. It was there. God's like, I got it for you. And what did they say? No, thanks. No, thanks. That's good. I'm good. I'm good, right? We hear that phrase. I'm good. I know I say it. Some people are like, hey, do you want this? And you're like, no, I'm good. 
What do you mean by it? You're like, no, that's okay. I don't need it right now. And that's what they did to the Lord. It was available, his goodness, his love. What did he do? He took them out of slavery. He led them. If they would have let him lead them properly, they would have went in and taken the land right away. But because they're like, no, that's okay. We're scared. They look tough. There's big buildings. They got tall walls. We can't get over them. He's like, okay, turn around. You don't get it. Two people got it. Two people got it. And so what happened is they turned away God's goodness, even though he was saying, if you would just open your mouth, open it wide, and I'm going to fill it. I have goodness for you. I want to do it. But in their actions, they turned away from the Lord. In Matthew chapter 23, uh, 37 to 38, it says this, and this is Jesus, and it is coming close to the time where he is going to be going to the cross. And there's this time he's up on the Mount of Olives and, and, and he's looking across the valley to Jerusalem, to the city. And this is what he prays and he declares, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. And this is what he says. This is what Jesus says. And this is God. How often... I wanted to gather your children together. How often, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left desolate. What, what happened? God's goodness was there. It was available. He wants it for you. He wants to shower. But you also have to go, okay, I'll take it. Right? It's a simple, it's available. I receive it. It's a gift, right? Sometimes you get a gift and you're like, hey, that's great, but it's really tough when you go to, let's say, a Christmas event or a birthday party, and you get a, and a present and somebody's so excited, and they're like, oh, would you open this present? And you open it, and you're like, <laughs> on the inside, you're going, okay, where's the receipt? Because I need to, I need to return this as soon as, right? It happens. It, it's Okay. Right, But it's a gift. God's goodness is a gift to it. We have to receive it. And it's available. Deuteronomy chapter 30, I love this. This picture of being available that, oh man, he's got goodness for you. He's got goodness for me, for all of us. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, uh, in verses 19 and 20, it says this. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. Again, the same picture. Here it is, your choice. But I've set it there before you. It's available. And he goes on to say blessings and curses. Why? Because if you rewind just a little bit and starting in Deuteronomy 28 and then 29, he lays everything out. Here's all the blessings. Here's all the curses. He wants you to know up front. Here you go. It's laid out. It's ready for you. Blessings and curses. But what does he say? Now choose life. What is it? God wants you to choose the blessing. He wants you to receive his goodness for your life and what he has for you, but you have to choose it. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice. Hold fast to him for the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, right? It's prepared. It's laid up. It's ready for you. And God's goodness is available, right? In Joel chapter 2, verse 32, it says, And it shall come to pass, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. 
right? And, and uh, Paul reiterates that again in the book of Romans in chapter 10, that whoever calls, why? Because it's already available. It's not like, hey, tell me if you want to know me, and then I'll figure it out, and then I'll come back to you. No, God's love, his goodness, his mercy, his fresh start that he has for each of us is just we have to accept it. He's already prepared it, and he has it ready. So God's great goodness, it's grand, it's rewarding, it's exceeding, it's available. And finally, T, number five, T, it's transferable. We're going to talk more about this next week, but in transferable, I want you to think this, flow through, flow through, it's transferable. Why? Well, because his goodness isn't just for us to hold on to. It's not just a, a lake with an inlet, water coming in, but nothing going out. What happens? It becomes stagnant, becomes gross. The fish, you don't want to eat it. No, thank you. Why? Because it has to have some kind of flow through. That, you know, the Dead Sea in the Middle East, I don't know if you've ever thought of that. The Dead Sea, it has such a high level of, of salt content. Well, it doesn't have any outlets. So it all gathers over and over and over again. And then what happens? Yeah, you can't, you can't drink out of it. You, can't, you could probably take a scrub bath in it, right? Scrub your skin, exfoliate, but you can't drink it, right? So God's great goodness, it's transferable. And again, think flow through. In uh, Genesis chapter 12, and again, this may be familiar to you, but in Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, it says this. I will make you a great nation. This is God speaking to Abraham or to Abram at the time. I will make you a great nation. And he says this to him. I will bless you, right? It's available to you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So it's transferable. Why? Because he wants to pour out his goodness on you and then as other people see God's goodness, and they go, what's different about you? Why do you look different? Why does it always seem to work for you? And then you go, well, let me tell you, because I love the Lord, and I serve him, and his goodness has been poured out on me. I don't deserve it. I can't work hard enough for it. He can't give me any more because I can make it happen on my own. I can't. It's his goodness, but it's transferable. And again, think flow through. It comes to me, but it's also so that I would be a blessing. In Philippians chapter 2, it says this uh, in verse 3 and 4, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Let nothing be done in selfish ambition or conceit. Don't do anything with the motive of, well, how can I benefit from this? What can I get out of it? Right? That's our natural tendency. Our humanity goes, well, what am I going to get out of it? Right? It's like investing. You're like, okay, I'm going to invest some money, but what do I get at? What's my return? What, what will be my reward for what I get? Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but... How? This is how we should do it. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, right? We can't neglect ourselves so much that we fall apart, right? Amen. Right? 
we can't neglect ourselves and take care of ourselves and somebody leans over and goes, hey, do you know you stink? Right? We're busy telling everybody else, hey, make sure you take care of yourself, make sure you're washing, good hygiene, and then finally somebody leans over and goes, your body, right? God's goodness, right? It, it, it's not just for me, but it, we need it for me. So we can't neglect ourselves. We have to receive it for ourselves. But it says this, but also for the interests of others. So God, good, God's goodness should flow through you. Not just to you. It is to you, but it's not just to you. It's to you and through you. Because his goodness, he will lavish it on you, and then it'll point other people, Right? In, in Isaiah 60, again, it's a familiar scripture. Last year was kind of our theme scripture for the year. The deep darkness, uh, darkness is on the earth, deep darkness on the people, but the Lord will arise upon you. What He does this comparison of back in the Old Testament, the people were in Egypt, and there was the land of Goshen, right? The different, uh, the different plagues that happened, and Moses was sent by the Lord to Pharaoh to say, hey, let my people go. He says, no, I won't do that. And he goes, okay, because of that, and what happens? The different plagues come. But each time it says, but it wasn't like that in the land of Goshen. What was the land of Goshen? That was where primarily all of the Israelites lived. And it even gets to the point where it says darkness was on the earth, and it was so dark that they couldn't even move around for several days. And it, but it wasn't like that in Goshen. You ever have that picture? What would that be like? Right here is completely dark. Right here is completely light. What would that look like? I don't know. But the picture is that God's goodness wants to, to come to us, but he also wants us to be a flow through. And so I want you to leave today knowing that God's goodness is available, and it's for you, it's for me, and it's for everyone. But we have to, what? We have to choose that it's available. We have to understand that it's grand, that it's rewarding, that as we walk forward in what he has for us, that it will be reward coming back to us, that it is exceeding. It'll blow your mind as you walk with the Lord, his goodness and his love upon your life. It's available. It's ready for you. It's ready access. And it's transferable. He wants to be a flow through to you, his goodness, his love, his mercy, and his grace to you today. So let's do this today. Can we open our hearts and just say, Lord, we're open to you. Lord, we thank you that you poured out your goodness. You poured out your love. You've made it available. And yet we see over and over in scripture that we also have to choose it. We have to say yes to your gift. We have to say yes to your goodness that you want to pour out into our lives and you want to shower upon us. Again, not because of who we are, like we made it in ourselves, but because we love you and we're called according to your purpose. We thank you, Lord, for your truth and your goodness today. We love you, God. We respond and we say our hearts are open to you. Would you do that? Maybe you open up your hands or maybe in some way you make room in your heart for God and his goodness. Maybe you've already experienced it before, but because where you're at in life right now, Maybe you've closed off to it. I say to you today, it's time to open back up and allow the goodness of God to flow in you and through you, to shower upon your life, not just for you, 
but to transfer to other people too because he wants to reach and care and love for everyone. So Lord, we look to you today. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Thank you.